place it comfortably. So good evening everyone. Just a few brief words tonight, but just um, to open it, um, a book I'm reading at the moment, which I would um, highly recommend, I haven't finished all of it yet, I've just read the first two chapters, maybe some of you have um, already read it, but it's um, Barry Madgett's last book, um, Nothing Hidden. Have any of you read it? No? I know I've got it. Yeah. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend you reading it, not just because he's a um, another ordinary mind um, teacher, but um, I found it um, the two chapters I've read so far, which are about the psychology of koans. Um, it's quite a um, refreshing way of um, looking at Zen practice, um, but not watering it down at the same time. And um, I suppose because we come from the same teacher, it resonates a lot with my my own perspective as Jeff, well. Who was Jeff? Who was the writer? Um, Barry Magid, M-A-G-I-D, and he's a um, ordinary mind Zen teacher um, in New York. And I remember when we last met as a teachers group, um, he was just about to have it published, but I'm, I'm slow in getting to read Zen books. Um, catching up another seven years later. But I'd, I'd highly recommend it. I think it's very good. Um, and it's within the, the framework of, um, you know, the, the general ordinary mind Zen school approach to Zen. Anyway, um, what I want to say in some ways connects and resonates um, with some of Barry's points that he raises um, about the basics of Zen practice. But um, many of you um, are probably familiar with a, a quote which comes from um, James Joyce. It actually comes from his book of essays called The Dubliners. Um, and it's a, the title, the, the quote is, Mr Duffy lived a short distance from his body. <laughs> and I believe that the name of the subtitle of the particular essay is A Painful Case. <laughs> and if you go on from um, what follows, Duffy, Duffy lived a short distance from his body, regarding his own acts with doubtful side glances. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we all laugh because it's describing us <laughs> to some degree, or how we were, or how we may be. But I want to just um, look at that a little bit more. Um, not only are we um, disconnected from our own bodies because we live in this little self-created self-absorption bubble up here somewhere full of thoughts about ourselves and so on and trying to work everything out but we we come to Zen practice because at some level we we sense that we're um, disconnected in many different ways. So being disconnected from our own body is a very um, significant disconnection to have because the, the body is, the, is the, the gateway, the connection through into the everyday world. Um, but we, we come to Zen practice because there is this sense of separation underlying things. And as Barry is mentioning in his book, 
for some reason human beings get caught up in thinking that something is missing um, or there's something wrong and it underlies so much of our thinking modern day terms for it we would have these days that people feel they don't have good self-worth and so on but it's not just a modern thing like it's always been there through through history in some form or another as human beings just seem to think that something is missing and there's something wrong or there's something wrong with life or there's something wrong with me it's often the reference point and who knows where it comes from? Um, modern psychology would say that it comes from our formative years in our infanthood and babyhood and so on. But even people who come from really loving, you know, families where everything's wonderful, they, they still grow up with the same issues, you know. So it's something about human nature that we get so caught up in. Um, uh, overanalyzing and overthinking our own experience and it leaves us with a sense of emptiness I don't mean emptiness in the Buddhist sense of the word but a sense of emptiness in the sense of um, dissatisfaction and um, if you if you reflect back on what brings you to Zen practice um, if there is something missing um, it's a sense of um, connectedness to life in many of its different ways through through all of our senses you know and uh, the the nature of Zen practice is that we we connect again you know? it's all about connection it's all about interbeing it's all about about making that connection all over again but what makes Zen different to something like psychotherapy or psychoanalysis as Barry says in his book is that psychoanalysis and psychotherapy is about reconnecting too and it's about reconnecting with your body and it's reconnecting with um, different aspects of our ourselves that have been separated from us like our, our own sadness or our own fear our own anger our own love our own joy Somehow we've been separated from that and the healing process is about reconnecting. But what, what's unique about Zen practice to all those different forms of therapy is this sense they actually weren't disconnected in the first place. Right? And that, that's a real game changer to actually, to actually realise that and to see that is that um, what we call Buddha nature, which is the the interconnectedness of all things and the perfection of all things as they really are, um, is something that always existed. It existed before we were born, exists through our life, it'll exist after we've, we've died. Um, call it our original nature or our original safe we were never disconnected from it ever ever but what leads to this apparent sense of disconnection is what's missing what's wrong what's missing what's wrong um, analyzing and then self-absorption and then as soon as there's self-absorption there's the self-centered dream and that's where we live up up here in the pumpkin somewhere, you know, 
from here up. Now, what is also what goes hand in hand in this with this is that um, uh, I don't know whether it's a modern day phenomena or it's always been there, but so many people seem like Mr. Duffy to not just live a short distance from their body, but to always be an observer of life rather than a participant in life. And a lot of Zen people can get caught in that place. Um, you know, we think of, of, of Sarsen, you know, as of observing the thoughts, do you know, which is true, we do do it, or observing our experience like a, like a scientist. But you find all the good teachers across different traditions, you know, um, uh, in Tibetan Buddhism and also um, Suzuki Roshi from San Francisco, emphasising time and time again, it's not just about observation, it's being each moment, not just observing each moment. Maybe you could say, to put those two things together, then a, that a Zen life is an observer-participator. But it's definitely not just an observer because that's just another way of keeping you separate from life. That's why I said those words in the beginning of, of um, Sarsen tonight. It's not just observing your breath, it's being your breath. You are each breath. It's not just observing life, but being life. And it's like if you were, you know, if you wanted to dance and you wanted to be a dancer, well, then you just have to let go and bumble along and make mistakes until you get the rhythm and the steps right and you then you're dancing right and it's the same with same kind of experience with life you just have to bumble along and and do it but if you're always outside of yourself going oh now do I put that step there and that one there and what do you do there and why do you do that you know well you'll never dance you'll never dance so that's that you know, really dancing is a metaphor for the way to live a Zen life. It doesn't doesn't matter if you make mistakes. You know, it's the making mistakes and then drawing back and fearing making mistakes and everything. It keeps you more separate. That's like bumble along. You know, you know, you know, you know. Forget that you're present. You know, and don't keep you know being preoccupied with the fact that you were you were not present a second ago because that'll keep you even less present, right? It's like you just do your best and you bumble along and, and, and you make mistakes. And then if you just embrace the mistakes and keep on going forward, um, you'll get into the flow of life. Then you're dancing, right? And you ask questions like, like if you're dancing, do you ask questions like, why am I dancing? What? Crazy. Just dance. Or you just sing, or you just walk down the road. And so it's that ability to just get into just walking, just breathing, just eating, just sleeping, just swimming, to have that experience without this continuous self-reflection of why we're doing it or whether we're doing it right, is what Zen brings us to. So in one sense, it brings us to a sense of perfection in the sense that we just are what we are. It's that kind of perfection um, of the suchness of things. But it certainly um, will not bring us to a sense of perfection in reaching this ideal self that we've developed, um, that we're going to meet one day.
Um, if we do become more loving and kind and so on, it's because, not because we've tried to do so, but because we've just um, seen through the pointlessness of trying to be separate from our experience. As soon as you, you are the moment, everything, all of those qualities emerge out of that, like Hakuin says in the Song of Sazen. So that's all we have to do. We just have to keep coming back to being stumbling into being this moment and everything will, will flow from there. <laughs>